Hey gang, Brad here, and I just want to tell you that now is the perfect time to book the vacation of a lifetime, spending a week with 3,000 other crazy 80s fans on the 80s cruise. Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas leaves Miami on March 8, 2020 for seven glorious Caribbean days with stops in San Juan, St. Thomas, Punta Cana, and Labadee. But the real fun comes from the performances by the B-52s, Brett Michaels, Berlin, Loverboy, Grandmaster Flash, Tony Hadley of Spandau Ballet, Tony Lewis of the Outfield, Patti Smythe and Scandal, Lita Ford, Midnight Star, The Jets, The Motels, Big Country, Katrina from Katrina and the Waves, Annabelle from Bow Wow Wow, oh my gosh, can you believe that list? And everybody's favorite tribute band, Jesse's Girl. Every night on the ship is an amazing theme night, and all your drinks, including premium alcohol beverages, are included. And if you book with the promo code STUCK, you get a $200 cabin credit. Don't wait. Book today and relive the 80s with Spearsy and me on board the 80s cruise. Find out more at www.the80scruise.com. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we're speeding up the old clock to talk about new music from our 80s heroes. Save the clock tower! Save the clock tower! Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. And as always, if you love the show, share the links on social media or go to iTunes and write a nice review. A nice review, that is. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Steve, joining us today... She is counting down the days to summer vacation with a mixture of dread and anticipation. It's Jen with one N. That is so accurate. You are a parent. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, you, you remember like, oh, wait, this is going to, oh my gosh, they're going to be here all the time. Right. Yay. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yes. Thank, uh, thank you so much. I, uh, I am very happy to be here. Do you send the little one to camp? Is she old enough to go to, to like a camp for the summer? Well, she, we do a mix of, cause I, you know, my husband and I both work. So we do a mix of camp. So she'll go like science camp and theater camp and this like, and that camp. But this yeah. is the first year for a full week. She'll be at Girl Scout oh, sleepaway camp. Nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm both really dreading and really anti, like highly anticipating that. So I'm going to be like, miss her terribly, but we're already like, okay, on Monday night, here's what we're going to like. So we're already like <laughs> making plans. And that's not till August. So chocolate chip cookie dough <laughs> oh my well i mean you can do that after they go to bed anyway well, but sure. um yeah have i ever told the story about when i went to boy scout camp one summer I don't, on the show i don't think so <laughs> a little nervous 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm trying to think how old I would have been. You know, I, I don't know, 10, 11 maybe or something oh, like wow, that. Oh, wow. That's pretty young. But possibly could just be misremembering it. But the point is we went to uh, uh, this camp and I, uh, in Tampa Bay where I grew up. And we were there for a week. And so we were in these little Adirondack tents. So no AC in summer in Florida. The secret, they said, to staying cool without air conditioning is lots of, uh, was it shower to shower powder? <laughs> oh, this sounds familiar. Uh, this is ringing a bell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, you don't need air conditioner as long as you have shower to shower, which probably should have been there, <laughs> the product's commercial. So we had like, you know, 40 Boy Scouts all with bottles of, you know, of shower to shower talcum powder. <laughs> and all we discovered with it was... Um, we would play our little kiss cassettes and we would squeeze the bottle of talcum powder so it would look like a pyrotechnic explosion. Sure. So, oh, so man. You'd, walk in, you'd walk into any given tent and it would just be nothing but powder floating in the <laughs> air and covering all the surfaces. It probably looked a lot like what it was like backstage at an actual kiss concert, but a different powder, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, different powder. Oh, and, man. And, so, yeah, so I, when I think of um, summers at camp, I think of talcum powder. Oh, so. That's really funny. I, I know I've told that story. No, it feels familiar because I was about to make an axe joke, and then I was like, hang on. <laughs> I think <laughs> I've made this axe joke before. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had this idea, speaking of summers. We're in the summer season now, and for whatever reason, it seems like some of our favorite bands have come out with new music. And I've got a long-standing... Um, Oh, declaration on this podcast over the last 14 years, where I pretty much say I don't buy any new music unless it's by old artists. So I will buy the new Pet Shop Boys or the new Journey album, and we'll give them a listen, and you know we'll, we'll see what we have to say. But we have three new artists today, or I should say three old artists today, who've released new music, and we'll play some snippets of their songs, and we'll tell you what we think, and also we'll tell you how to catch them on tour this summer. How's that sound? Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Give me the talcum powder. Uh, Boom. <laughs> I miss it. Yeah, poof. It doesn't help also that I'm listening to the Paul Stanley memoir on audiobook right now. So that's all I'm thinking about is kiss and shower to shower. So uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to take in. I'm just saying. <laughs> so the first artist I want to talk about is Howard Jones. Howard Jones has his... First new album in 10 years. How big a news is that? It made Billboard. Their website says that Transform is Hojo's first proper album in a decade. It was released last week, uh, May 10th. And Hojo reportedly got the bug to write the new album after he wrote a couple songs for the movie. Does, did anyone here see Eddie the Eagle? I don't think so. Is it a cartoon? No, no. It's about no, it's the a- British ski jumper. Oh, right. okay, then no. <laughs> Here's what I know about that movie. Two years ago, we had a trivia question about Eddie the Eagle, and I couldn't find any images of the actual Eddie the Eagle because the internet was so full of movie pictures. <laughs> That's true. So Howard Jones wrote two new songs for the movie and sort of just kind of got the writing bug again. And so he teamed up with the artist known as BT, and together they wrote three songs, including this one called The One to Love You. To love 
it definitely sounds like Howard Jones, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is vintage Hojo. He will be touring this year with BT and Men Without Hats. It's also the 35th anniversary of his debut album, Human Lib. Is so it really? a lot of love for oh yes, my gosh. 35 years. Uh, Th- that's, you shut your whore mouth. Old. It can't be that possible. It can't be that long. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think it'll be a pretty interesting set list because I'm sure he's going to mix in like maybe two or three songs from the new album with a lot of human lib. Yeah. Um, His last album, I don't know if anyone else besides me bought it. It came out in 29 and it was called Ordinary Heroes. And the interview that I did with Howard Jones for the podcast was based on that album. Is that, uh, is is Soon You'll Go on that, Mm -hmm. the clip that you like to send me every time I talk about missing my kids? Yes. Soon you'll go. He's, great song though it's a, it is it's a fantastic song and it's 100 percent true jen you've listened to more of this album right i did i actually listened to the whole album when i heard there was a new one so i am like a lot of people i think that are in the listening audience in that i don't i don't keep up with <laughs> with artists so like i get stuck on an album right. right so unfortunately the last howard jones album i listened to was the human like the original <laughs> the oh, wow. one that came out okay. You could do worse. Yeah. I've offered this as advice to people who are feeling bummed out before, but listen to a little bit of Howard Jones if you're not feeling great or if you're feeling on top of the world because he is like optimism in a bottle. And I love, I don't know, when I'm, when I'm feeling despondent, Howard Jones is my go-to. When I'm feeling happy and high on life, Howard Jones is my go-to. But it's like only six songs <laughs> that I'll listen to. So I, I'm excited to go back and listen to Ordinary Heroes because I never gave that a shot. This new album, yes, I did listen to the one to love you, which was very Howard Jonesy. I listened to another one called Beating Mr. I listened to the whole thing, but these are the ones that stood out to me. Beating Mr. Neg, which is very um, great synth and all this stuff. And it's kind of upbeat. And then like two thirds of the way into the song, it sounds like a totally different song. Hmm. Like you, you check it out, guys, because it's like this interesting rhythm shift, but also a shift in tone. Yeah. And it, it starts to get real sort of ponderous and thoughtful and speaking of ponderous and thoughtful so this is the last thing i'll say about this album well maybe second to last (laughs) so the the whole the whole album came out right before mother's day and the first single to come out was a single called mother have you guys heard that one no i haven't heard this one really pretty and it came out right before mother's day which great timing marketing team yeah but but and so it was you know very like emotional and very slow. So huh. I would like to give this album another shot because he, here's what here's what struck me about this album, right? And and the song, another song called "Stay with Me," kind of exemplifies how I feel. It, I don't know how to put this, but it sounds like something I would like. Yeah. But it also sounds like when when like when you're watching a show from the '80s 
and they want to have a song that sounds like a band, but they don't have the money to get the rights to that song. Okay. So they come up with a song that sounds a lot like that song. Yeah. Almost like a style copy yeah. of his own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what this album felt like to me. But I think that's more a criticism of me and my stuck in the 80s than it is of his work. That has to be tough for 80s artists to, you know, this is kind of what I do and people want something new and like, well, not that new, you know. Oh, yeah. It's got to be tough to walk that line as an artist. Yeah, I mean, and it's totally not fair. I, I'm going to say that right now. It's not fair of me as a listener to be like, well, this kind of sounds like this other song. Like, he's probably like, don't, this is not that song. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't compare right. it. Yeah. I, I think part of the problem is too, you're, you're trying to make an album of coherent music maybe the word's cohesive right but you're trying to do it in a non-album world now and so you in a perfect world you could just release the one to love you as a single on itunes you know make some money off it and people listen to it and you add it to your set list but i think 80s artists sometimes still think i gotta do an album i need I gotta a package do like, i gotta give people yeah. 10 songs you know and so you throw some stuff on there that maybe is a little derivative or, or doesn't and, line up yeah, yeah just because you need you know, right. Well, I mean, so, that's what we used to call filler tracks, right? I'm, I do not want to sit here and accuse Howard Jones of writing filler tracks, but... No. It, if, as long as they mean something to him and he gets something out of it, I'm happy for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. The Hojo Tour with BT and Men Without Hats starts June 6th in Huntington, New York, and finishes up July 23rd right here in Orlando. So, there you go. If anyone goes on that tour, let us know, please. Meanwhile, our good friends Berlin have a new album that they've been talking about, oh my let's gosh. face it, for years now. It's called Transcendence. It's due out August 2nd. And here's the title track. What do you guys think? I like it. I like it. I, you know, I'm just excited to hear something new from them. And I think this is a great effort. Jen? What's funny is the first time I listened to it, I was very lukewarm about it. And then when I listened to it a second and a third time, every time I listened to it, I liked it more. So I think it's, again, it's the listener, not the artist. I feel like I need to like break down this reluctance I have, this resistance I have to something new, even if it's from a beloved older band, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I like it a lot. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on it. I'm hoping that there's some more dancey tracks on it because I feel like she does that well or they do that yeah. well. They had the new song that came out a few years ago called Animal. Oh God, that song is oh, yeah. super good. That song is amazing. I forgot. This seems a lot like it. I will say the interesting thing about this song is that it's based on talks that Terry had with her mother who died in 2007 and with one of her mother's close friends before her own death. uh, Both of the women urged Terry not to be sad, but to instead understand that their passing would be positive, quote unquote, the greatest adventure, one of them called it. And so that is the story behind Transcendence is. Wow. Yeah. It's a great background on it. And listening to it after reading that, that's kind of when I started like, you know what? I really, this song really kind of pops when you realize what the, you know, what the inspiration for it was. You think about it. I mean, she's, I think she's around, she's in her late 50s now, I think. Yeah. 
So we're all at that age where many of us have lost a parent or re- you know recently lost a relative, and so you're maybe maybe what you what inspires you to write a song or, or new material isn't the poppy optimistic right. thoughts of a 23 year old anymore this album is also a reunion of the band's core original members uh terry nunn john crawford and david diamond so you get to hear what i, I think what you're hearing now is more like a, a true evolution of a, of a band sound over the decades this is i think the music they would be making today had they stayed together all along i think they're just kind of catching up with themselves they've just sort of picked up the cart and ran so yeah, you know what I really want to hear? I, I want to hear a dance remix of this song. And they can do it. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Know? I want to hear it from them. I think that'd be amazing. That'd be interesting. We'll get Chris on that right away. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Much like uh, Howard Jones and his anniversary with Human Lip, 2019 marks the 40th anniversary of the creation of Berlin. And so the band will hit the road this summer with the B-52s and OMD. How's that for a lineup? Nice. Jesus. I'd go see that. I don't think they're coming to Florida, but or if they are, they're coming to like... Miami's Hialeah Stadium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have those around here somewhere. There's one actually right near me where I live. They don't play Highline anymore, but it's still there. It's, it's just a gambling spot now. So it's fun. We're looking forward to more Berlin in 2019. Today's episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by a brand new partner. It's Blue Chew. Right now, everyone's going, uh-oh, Spears is going to go all TMI on us. Hey, let me shake that notion from your head. We're all part of the 80s nation, and for some of us, maybe that means you think you left your best sex days back in the days of feathered haircuts and acid-washed jeans, but it doesn't have to be that way. Hopefully by now, you've gotten over the whole dread of the acronym ED. If not, that's where BlueTube.com comes in. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a regular pill. Let me dispel with the mystery here. I use Viagra. I have since before I even started the podcast, but now I'm a happy fan of Blue Chew. I'm here to tell you there's no reason to be ashamed of it. There's no stigma with Blue Chew. You just go to their website Answer some quick questions about your lifestyle and health, and Blue Chew ships straight to your door in a discreet package. No doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And because they're made in the USA and because Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code STUCK. You pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code STUCK, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And we're back. And let's give uh, Jen the baton for a minute or two. Thank you, Stephen. So the song that I am going to describe to you now is, um, is one that you're familiar with. In fact, very familiar with. Tiffany, I don't know if you know this, but she did a remake of a James and the Shondells song from 1967 called I Think We're Alone Now. Did you all know that? What? You, are you, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. So when James and the Shondells did it in 67, the song reached number four on the Billboard Hot 100. When Tiffany did it in late 1987, hers reached number one. That's right. 
in the U.S., in the U.K., in Canada, in New Zealand, probably in other on countries Mars. too. <laughs> right. I'm guessing Japan, right? <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah. So the song I'm describing is the same song. She did a remake of her remake, and I think it's pretty great. I gotta say, I like this better than the 1987 version. Right? I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. Brad, what do you think? I will say that this song, in any of its versions, is a terrific and horrible power of earwormedness. <laughs> I have been humming this. I find myself humming this song, and I'm like, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> it is very powerful. I agree. It is I agree. so damn catchy. It is so damn catchy. We talked a little bit about Berlin's songwriting perspective changing. And in this one, the songwriting doesn't change, but the perspective does for me. Because like when in the late 80s, I think we're alone now means the parents aren't around. And in the 2019s, <laughs> now it means the kids aren't around. Oh, my God. I had not thought of it, but it is so true. <laughs> like, so oh, my gosh. True. We have a minute together. Ooh, do we still have any candles? Yes, we have candles. Okay, great. Oh, too late. Here one comes. Oh. Mom! <laughs> oh my gosh, that is such a true statement, Brad. So, so true. Um, so I have to tell you, Tiffany, in describing this new version, which just came out a couple, maybe a month ago, not very long ago, she was talking about the fact that this version is like a, a rockier version. It's like a more guitar-driven version, which is obvious right away. So I'm just going to read you the quote really quick because I want to talk a little bit about her um, latest album. So she says, On my new album, Pieces of Me, I was inspired by the Foo Fighters and maybe a little Go-Go's and Blondie mixed together with Tiffany. I wanted to show I think we're alone now in that kind of a version, one that shows the layers of my new music. And I think she achieved it. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know that I would invoke the Foo Fighters in that, but I do think it's got a little Go-Go's and Blondie. And I like the fact that she has a vision for what she's trying to do. Uh, I know Pieces of Me came out in September of 2018, and people sort of dig it. I mean, I, I know, I've heard reviews of her shows live, and, the, and people say she, she does an impressive job with the new tunes. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I've been listening to Pieces of Me, and just so people know, I think we're alone now version 2019 is not on this album obviously <laughs> but um and, and i was thinking like september 2018 wow that's brand new right because yeah. it takes me a while but um but yeah i was mentioning the guitar sort of the driving beat her vocals guys are really strong and i and i n know this in person from the 80s cruises that i've seen her on so pieces of me kind of feels a little like a heart album kind of even uh maybe pat benatar a little bit huh. But Steve, you mentioned the Foo Fighters, and you can't hear that inspiration in the remake of I Think We're Alone Now, but you can definitely hear it in Pieces of Me. I mean, several songs, I mean, you, it, it just feels like almost tipping even further into homage and, and a little bit of imitation, if, if I may be so bold. But there's a couple songs, um, Beautiful is a good one, Waste of Time, and Heartbeat Away. Those are the three that I really... Um, liked a lot but they are so foo fightery really really huh. a lot um which is a good thing i think 
I, I got to go back for a second and ask Brad a question that's been bugging me for like the last five minutes. It's the whole candles remark. <laughs> it, Brad, I mean, yeah. is that, do I need, do, I mean, it's you, just, do you really break out the, the candles mood. for you, that? It's just setting the mood. Just setting the mood. But you, you, you really do that. That wasn't a joke? Um, It, it could happen. I, I mean, it's not like, I mean, I know this surprises you that I don't have a checklist for for you know, fun time with Mrs. Williams, but uh, you know, I'm not saying that it has to happen, but it could be a nice you know, candles are a a shorthand like slipping on a banana peel is supposed to be funny. Like candles are a shorthand romantic thing. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. And right. Jen, and, where do you stand on? Are you pro candle or anti candle? I am pro candle within limits. I I never believe when like people are like you know you you see those movies where there's candles everywhere like, like all around 000. the tub. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, you've got to scrape. It's got to clean that up. Like, you have to scrape that <laughs> melted wax. That is a pain in the ass. So, I like a small, contained, possibly lightly lemongrass scented candle. Like, nothing fancy. <laughs> but I'm thinking about the uh, August summer camp week that's yeah. coming up. And I believe there's going to be a candle roundup when that happens. <laughs> I think we're we, alone now. Yes, we may exhaust ow, our ow. supply of candles. <laughs> Lemongrass stocks uh, are soaring for reasons we cannot <laughs> ac- understand. <laughs> lemongrass. That's so scary. Now, now I'm like, I'm going to have to go on Amazon.com and find some. Uh, anyway, Tiffany is currently on the road with new kids on the block for the 2019 mixtape tour, along with Debbie Gibson, Salt and Pepper, and Naughty by Nature. Anyone got tickets to see that one? Brad? Brad? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. Although, if Jen? you know what? If someone showed up and gave me a pair of tickets, I would think about going just for the lulls. And a candle. <laughs> so no, there will be no there will be no wanna, sexy time at that concert. <laughs> I would want to go for all the ladies. Honestly, I would want to go see Tiffany, Debbie Gibson, Salt and Peppa, and the others. I would maybe use the bathroom at those times. But yeah, I, I would love to go see that show. I have no idea where they're playing. I, now I'm, I'm curious to look it up. It's a big tour. Check it out. It's a big national tour. In the meantime, let's check out the, the Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is listener mailbag. It's been a while since we've gotten some letters, but uh, our last show on our favorite comedy TV finales got a lot of reaction. So we picked up a couple of uh, emails from that, and let's run with it. Our first one is from Padre Paul in the Twin Cities. Jen, do you want to read this one? Yeah, sure. Hi, Steve, Brad, and Jen. I love it when I'm included. (laughs) It feels so good to be part of a group. Always Um, nice. Always nice. Right? Thanks for getting me through my morning time at the gym for over a decade now. Great show as always. Just a couple of nitpicky comments. Norm was employed throughout the run of Cheers, only briefly unemployed. He was an accountant. That's right. He was an accountant, which is why he often shows up in a coat and tie to Cheers. Then when he lost that job, he did become a painter for a while. Daryl and Daryl, from Newhart, of course, do actually speak one word in that final episode of Newhart. They yell, quiet, to their Vegas wives. Fantastic episodes. That's great. I I remember that now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. One of the wives is played by, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow, yeah. They're just such perfect Long Island girls. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Padre Paul continues, some future show ideas. I realize it's being grandfathered in, but it started in 1987 and ended in 1994, so I'd vote for Star Trek The Next Generation. The final episode featured one of my favorite guest stars of all time, Q, 
played by John Delancey, and is a bit of a throwback to where it all began in the first season. The Wonder Years is a show I loved, even if it was set in the 60s. Tough finale. You want Winnie and Kevin to end up together, but you kind of figure it won't work out, and you learn his dad dies not too long after the show ends. But a very powerful episode. I also have to vent on Seinfeld, which is probably more 80, probably <laughs> more <laughs> 90s, though it began in the 80s. Worst ending ever for me. But I digress. Thanks for the hard work on the pod. Padre Paul from the Twin Cities. I could have sworn that Padre Paul was wrong on that with Seinfeld, so I had to look it up, and he was right. It, July 1989 is when it started. Oh, wow. So it, was like a, <clears throat> so it was like a summer replacement or a summer trial episode. Yeah. I totally, yeah. I, I had that pegged as 91 for sure, yeah. but uh, again, I'm wrong. I'll uh, get another letter. Brad, how about you take this one? Nothing would please me more, Mr. Spears. This next one is from Rhoda Collins in Rochester, New York. Rhoda writes, hi to all. I guess all isn't quite the same as being name checked, but you know, we all say hi back. I'll take it. Absolutely. A couple of thoughts. She continues. She starts, I should say. A couple of thoughts for you after your last podcast on TV finales. First, I just want you to know your podcast is like Cheers to me, an old friend you can turn on and laugh with and learn from and love. Aww. Yeah. Spears, he's crying. Second thought, I'm totally with Steve on the Cheers finale. I even had to stop working, stop my tears, and write it down. My husband is right now searching for that job he wants when he grows up. Sam is there. He'll be there for new customers and for when the old customers stop by, too. An old friend to laugh with and to love. I wish I could help my f husband find that love. Steve, you have this podcast and touch so many people. Even if your career is still searching, heck, this podcast is here. Would you have been able to do it for so many years in any other job than the ones you've had? Maybe that was your purpose. And I'm glad it was, too. Thanks for all of what you do. Still stuck in the 80s, Rhoda and Rochester. We love your letters. Don't forget to send them to us at podcast at sit80s.com. Uh, must be time for I Want My Mystery TV Theme Song. Well, this is the segment where we play a uh, piece of a TV theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you can be registered for some swag. Um, <laughs> pay attention. Here was last week's uh, mystery clip. Brad, read the winners. I have done so, Stephen, for there are none. Yes. What? There are no winners. Come on, people. How is this possible? That's a long clip. Do you want more? Well, see, here's a slightly longer clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next time to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We are Pepsi free, caffeine free. I've got some good reasons for giving my family caffeine free, Pepsi free. <laughs> You're looking at two of them. We are Pepsi free. Your mom bought this caffeine free cola. I said, no way. Then I tasted it. We are Pepsi free. Pepsi free's got great taste. Who needs anything else? And all that taste is caffeine free. Just taste it. We are Pepsi free. Regular and diet.
we're back, and we have a few minutes left, and I thought, hey, let's play that old game we like to call, What's Your 80s Obsession? I love that game. Brad, what's your 80s obsession? My 80s obsession this week, Steve, I've learned from our co-host, Jen, I have two. First one I'll make very short. Do you remember <laughs> for our 501st show, we did like an intro on 501s, 501 jeans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I was shopping for some new jeans recently, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to try 501. I'm going to give 501s a try. Oh, my gosh. No, no. Terrible. The cut of those jeans is like wearing a burlap sack. <laughs> what? They're awful. The way the jeans are cut is just not good. No. I will not be wearing them are ever they again. tight? No, they're gigantic. They're like balloons of denim. Oh. Can't oh, do it. I see. I need something with a little more uh, taper. Tailoring. A little more taper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's my first 80s obsession. Go ahead, Steve. Okay. Did you have any comments on that that you wanted to join? Yeah. I mean, the 501 Blues, those they have the button fly, right? Yes. Do you remember the first time you ever tried that and how hard it was to do? Yeah. But it became very natural. Yeah. You got to break them in. Yeah. It became very natural. If that's all, you know, speaking from experience, if that's the only gene you wear for, you know, a decade or so, you get pretty good at it. Yeah, you could like rip them open when you had to take a whiz. But I mean, yeah. that that first time you're like, oh you're my like, god, what the hell? The bladder's gonna explode. <laughs> Why do they hate zippers? <sighs> yeah, agreed. But I will not be going back to five hundred ones. I may once again wear button fly jeans, but they're going to need to be a little more tailored, as you say, Jen. Anyway, so my second one is. Well, you know they're supposed to shrink to fit. Uh, no, right? no, I was not. Didn't want I was not. Waste I was not trying on the shrink to fit ones because I didn't have that kind of time. I was trying on the the pre shrunk gotcha. ones. Yeah. No. These better fit already, jeans. <laughs> exactly. I don't have time for that. Come on, I'm busy. So my second one is, believe it or not, another podcast. It's called Finding Drago. Now, which Drago do you think we might be talking about, Steve? Uh, hopefully the one from Rocky Four. That's exactly right. Finding Drago is an investigative podcast that was put out by the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. The two hosts are trying to track down the Australian author Todd Noy, who wrote the book Drago on Mountains We Stand, which was an unauthorized literary spinoff of the character from Rocky Four that chronicles the life of the USSR's greatest fictional athlete, Ivan Drago. <laughs> and it's just I like that. That's it's, a great idea. It's hilarious. It's actually a lot of fun. It's maybe eight or ten episodes. Listener Citizen Buck in Bentonville, Arkansas sent me a link to it and said, Hey, I think you should check this out. I think you'd like it. And it was a time when my commute was extra long, and so I had a lot of time. So I tore through it in about a week. It was a lot of fun. I really think you should check it out. If you're any kind of fan of the eighties, of Rocky for of fan fiction writers who try to obfuscate who they are. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. It's blowing my mind. It's so many layers of things. I'm just trying to sort it all out. It's very uh, confusing and exciting at the same time. It's super meta. Super meta. No candles needed. Oh my gosh. No, no. Well, it's an Australian writer writing about a fictional Russian boxer who appeared in a U.S. movie. And then trying to find him. It's so international. (laughs) Just throw that in international. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's very cool. So, Jen, what's your 80s obsession? So different, so different from uh, <laughs> what's just described. So there was a movie that, or a, a TV show rather, that debuted last summer. It's a, it's a Ryan Murphy joint. Um, do you guys ever watch like uh, Glee or American Horror Story? Any of his uh, work? I, I have, yeah, sure. Yeah, kind of like lukewarm about. Anyway, yeah. this show is called Pose, and uh, season one is now available on Netflix, which is very cool. Um, 
it's have either of you even heard of this show because it's kind of under the radar a little bit no no that's a strong, I, strong I, no. I okay. saw that on all caps and I assumed you were going to talk about glow and then I realized those weren't the actual letters. <laughs> right. It's four letters, true, but <laughs> no, so so Pose is is a kind of a, an hour-long drama that is about the ballroom scene in New York City in the late 80s. So if you don't know what the ballroom scene is, sort of like like young men, gay men, transgender people who would get together and like have runway shows like they as though they were supermodels but there'd be huh. different categories like um yeah like there would be um like uh high preppy you know or they would be like businessman or um real it, there's a lot of talk about realness and who looks real like who looks like a real woman huh. but the way the ballroom culture was was uh, organized was by houses so a lot of times these were i mean this was like this is not wealthy people we're talking about these are people who are marginalized on the sidelines many of them quite poor and this is the thing that they do to survive and feel dignity and grace and pers- like they're people yeah. like they're this real actual community. live people yeah. this is their community and there's a lot of music in it and so this show sort of takes those worlds and and it just introduces you to them and there's different houses and different um people there there it's all mostly unknowns uh the only person that most people would recognize is James Vanderbeek so he plays this kind of like Gordon Gecko-ish type of a character. Oh. Um, so you kind of see that world. But the the art direction in this show is flawless. So it's late 80s. There's a lot of like Jody Watley, uh, Whitney Houston. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. The clothes are awesome. Um, even like the everyday clothes are really like they look like they're from late 80s Manhattan or Burroughs, oh. you know, Brooklyn and, and Queens. But it's such a good show. Um, I will say that it's quite melodramatic in tone. So the acting is the acting's a little uneven because it's a lot of new newcomers, but it's um it's so compelling. And it's these stories of these people that you have never heard before. Oh. And when's the last time you were able to say that about a TV show, right? So I, I love it. And I'm really, really excited because uh, uh, season two is uh, coming out, I think, June, June 11th. It's coming out really soon. So I'm so excited to see sort of what happens to these families. And, and, and the thing is that they, um, they're families because they get together and they help one another. Yeah. Like their real families have kicked them out, disowned them, you know, just have, have set them apart from everybody else. And so this is the way they sort of find each other and, and survive in, in late eighties, New York, but it's so, so good. So you probably think that I'm just naming one thing right now. I have a second thing, (laughs) (laughs) but no, but, but this is very related. It's to help people who want to watch season one, but are unfamiliar with this world. So there's a movie called um, Paris is burning. It was released in 1990, but it was shot in the mid to late 80s. It's called Paris is Burning. It's not very long. It's on Netflix. And it's a really good sort of um, quick way to see sort of what, what the show is about and what the, what the world is all about in Pose. So those are my two um, obsessions. And I'm like, <laughs> June 11th can't come soon enough. But um, yes, Pose season one on Netflix and also a movie called Paris is Burning documentary also on Netflix. Well, here's my uh, 80s obsession. It is something more set in the past. Uh, lately, for some reason, I'm obsessing about the 1984 movie Electric Dreams. Did, I, did everyone see that? Was it just oh, me? Uh, of course. In the theater. Come on. Love that movie. Yeah. Well, what drives me nuts is it's not available. Like 
you can get it on DVD, but not the version that plays in the U.S. on U.S. DVD players. I didn't know that. So it's very hard to find. You, it is available on YouTube. I discovered the whole movie is there, and I tried to watch it last weekend. And you, you it's like Brad said about the new Heart show last episode. It's hard to watch. It's so grainy; you can barely <laughs> tell what's going on in the scenes. But I still, I, I love the movie. And then last week, as I, after I was watching the movie for a few minutes, yeah. I started thinking about the song by uh, Phil Oakey from the Human League. Um, together in Electric Dreams, and I and I started realizing that the lyrics to this that song are not as happy as I always once thought they were, and so I wrote my first blog item in about six months in, on the sit80s.com site called "Sad Songs in Disguise," you know, together in Electric Dreams, and I talk about my frustration upon this is not a happy seems song. Seems to be yeah. to me a lot lately. Finding songs that I think are are happy love songs, and then when I dissect the lyrics, I realize no, it's not. It's the opposite. <laughs> So so that that's been my thing electric dreams I hope someday if someone has a good burned copy of it somewhere I wouldn't mind if it mysteriously showed up in my email or something Hook like that Look a brother up Virginia Madsen oh my gosh as a cellist Oh geez, she was at her height right there <laughs> It is a better movie than it gets credit for uh only still has a 44% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think most 80s fans are on your side. I think most 80s fans love this movie. Good. As well they should. Those are our picks yeah. for some of our favorite new music from our old heroes. If you guys are listening to new music from your old favorites, please send us an email at podcast at SIT80s.com. In the meantime, Brad, Jen, and myself will be looking for lemongrass-scented candles for those alone times <laughs> because we are hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. You know, can we get some lavender in here? Lavender is for relaxing. Yeah, lavender is for sleep. We all know that. I have a nice lavender bath wash I use before I go to bed. (laughs) Wow. It's true. We are getting personal. <laughs> if you don't have enough outtakes from this show to fill a whole blooper show, then you're just not trying, Brad. <laughs>